0: Thank you for listening to Nurses School Struggle Podcast. I have my very first ad today, and it's for Springer Publishing, known for having their top healthcare books, journals, and apps. Springer Publishing has many subjects including nursing, behavioral health, medicine, physician assistant, consumer health, social work, and much more. Go to Springerpub.com for textbooks, books, and ebooks, and even journals, prepare you for class or your next certification exam or if you just want some casual reading. To just name a few, they have resources for your CCRN, which is your critical care certification, your TNCC, which is your trauma certification, which I just got, certified diabetes educator, and for your family nurse practitioner. Springer Publisher also partners with Nurses Get Certified to bring you resources and study tools for your next exam. Like I said, I just got my trauma certification, and I recently used their app when studying for it. And I ended up getting a 98% on my final exam. Um, Get the confidence it takes to be a true leader in nursing with certification exam solutions tailored to your study style. Use my promo code, NurseAmanda, to get 25% off at SpringerPub.com and NursesGetCertified.com. Again, my promo code, NurseAmanda, N-U-R-S-E, capital A-M-A-N-D-A, to get 25% off at SpringerPub in at nursescintzer.com Today on the Nurses School Struggle podcast, we have Francine also known as the Nursing PhD from Instagram She started her PhD journey in 2014. She's graduated with her BSN in 2013. She's worked as a nurse care coordinator for children with special needs, a school nurse, and a home health hospice nurse. She took courses on qualitative research, grant writing, vulnerable populations, and academic policy. She has also finished her coursework and clinical work, earning her a master's degree for family nurse practitioner specialty. Feel like that was a mouthful of things that you've been very busy with in the last few years. (laughs) Uh, So why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got into nursing years ago?
1: Okay. So as you said, my name is Francine. Um, I'm 33 years old. I'm married. I have an eight year old daughter. Um, And as you said, I'm the founder of the nursing PhD. Um, and in that you know, business, I'd like to help nurses succeed academically, professionally, and also personally, because I think those three things go hand in hand. So I first got into nursing. Um, well, let me first start by saying as a kid, I initially wanted to be an OBGYN.
0: I feel like everyone wants
1: that. (laughs) Right? That's like the dream job as a kid, delivering babies. And, um, you know, due to financial limitations, that didn't really seem possible for me, you know, when I was coming to the end of high school, but I knew I still wanted to be in the medical field and that I like to help people. So I signed up at my local college. It used to be called a community college, and now it's pretty much just like maybe like a junior college, they might call it. Okay. Um, And I started working on my prerequisites for nursing. Um, so that's pretty much, um, you know, a little bit about me and how I got into nursing.
0: Yeah. So you graduated, you took, you did, you do a four-year program after those prerequisites. Did you get your associate's degree?
1: So my route was a little scenic as some like to say. Yeah. Um, so once I did my prereqs, um, at the time this was, I graduated high school in 2004. Um, at the time there wasn't a lot of nursing Programs in Miami as there are now. So the school that I was at did have a nursing program, but they only allowed so many people, and um, of course that made it really competitive.
0: Yeah, that's so, um, how it was when I first started too. But it's not like that anymore.
1: It's not. There's a nursing school like on every block. is yeah.
0: Like. I had like so, a three year wait list doing prereqs and working my butt off and trying to maintain my GPA, and now people right. Oh, I just graduated, going to nursing school. I'm like, man, I wish I could be a nurse at 20, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so my advisor was like, well, um, you know, you could apply and possibly get waitlisted or what you could do is go to, um, there's a a school here called Lindsay Hopkins Technical. um, And as, as the name says, it's a technical school. And one of the programs that they had there was for practical nursing. Okay. So I went to that program. It took about 12 to 14 months with yep. like bricks and everything. And it was, um, from there, I liked it because what happened was uh, because I took, it was like a non-traditional route. I had already had a really good background in my anatomy and microbiology mm-hmm. and all that. Whereas some of the other students didn't cause they were like coming straight from high school right. or coming from other careers. So, um, that kind of made, um, not not easy but it made that transition a little bit a little bit easier in terms of me already having like that very strong science background from me just wanting to jump into an rn program unfortunately it didn't work out like that for me so after i finished the um lpn program i went straight into an associate's degree program and when i was in that program everyone was saying (laughs) um you know they're only um gonna start hiring only bachelor prepared nurses I don't know if that's what they were saying where you yeah um, <laughs> yep. so they kind of get that fear into you so I was like all right well um, I need to apply to a bachelor's program um, so <laughs> I did that immediately after I graduated I worked as an LPN during that time um, but I went to a bachelor's program um, well not a bachelor's pro- what am I saying Okay, sorry. So after I went to that local college to be an RN, then I went directly into my bachelor's program. Yep. Um, and then while I was in that bachelor's program, at the <laughs> end, and just to, to go back to what I was saying about them only hiring bachelor's prepared nurses, I just want to say that, and not to say that you shouldn't get a bachelor's, right. but there's not much difference no, there's between not an honest. associate's prepared nurse and a bachelor's. I did the program. same
0: thing as you did, I was getting my associate's degree. Um, and then you hear like, Oh, you know, most hospitals won't hire you if you don't have a bachelor's mm-hmm. degree. Um, if you're ever going to want to move on, you're going to need your bachelor's degree. Right. In my area, there's no pay difference between an associate's degree right. and a an bachelor's degree nurse. The only thing is, um, in the hospital Will hire bachelor's degree nurse most likely before associate's degree nurse, but I also think it depends on your experience as well, right? It does. It depends but on your same experience. Thing. I went right into my bachelor's degree after I got my associate's. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and clinically, there's not any difference because when no. you do a bachelor's program, we don't do any clinical skills. No, nope. we did a lot of uh, coursework to kind of help us, I think, more on the administrative side, yeah, which is good yeah.
0: and leadership.
1: Right, Yeah. but clinically, I mean, you still know what you knew. Right,
0: you have the same, yeah, floor Mm -hmm. clinical knowledge as an associate degree nurse.
1: So while I was in that program, while I was getting towards the end of it, um, we had to do like a preceptorship with um, like uh, someone in administration, leadership or faculty. So I got paired with a faculty member, uh, a professor at the university that I was doing my bachelor's at. And, um, for her, I worked as a research assistant on one of her studies. And towards the end, she was like, oh, you know, we have a PhD program for nursing. And at that time, like, I had no idea that nurses like were even getting PhDs. Like it just never occurred to me. Right. So I was like, okay. So we went to, um, like a little open house that they had. Um, and it seemed interesting to me. So I applied and I did the interview and I got accepted. So that's how I ended up in what they call a BSN to PhD program.
0: That's so it's really like- cool. That's a cool program. I don't think, I don't think we have one around where I live, but
1: yeah. I want to say that they're fairly new. Like they're here. I, I hear about it more now, but at the time this was in 20, 2013 was when I graduated with my BSN. So at the time the I was like, oh.
0: it's different than your master's, right? Yes. Your master's is your nurse practitioner or most usually it's people are going for the nurse practitioner. Right. Right. And then they also do have
1: like, um, like clinical educator, um, degrees for your master's. I want to say midwifery. Yeah. You can okay. also get a master's in, but like you said, for the most part, the most popular one that a lot of people are interested in, um, is the nurse practitioner, um, yep. whether it be family, kids, adult, you know,
0: whatever. And your PhD is more than that.
1: So the PhD is, um, more research based. So you're looking at like, basically doing a study and doing research in in whatever area it is that you want pertaining to nursing. Um, but it's really open. Um, and what you do with that after is kind of like, you know, how nursing is like virtually endless and like career possibilities. Right. right. So a lot of people think that when you're done with your PhD, like you have to teach, which is not necessarily true. You can do a a number of things you Mm -hmm. can, um, you know, work for an organization. Um, You can go into like the politics side of things and like advocate for nursing, you know, like when nurses go on like Capitol Hill and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and advocate and try to make changes and new policies that benefit our profession. I mean, there's a number of things you can do your own business. Um, Not saying that you need a PhD to necessarily do those things because you can advocate for nursing and open your own business on various levels, whether it be an LPN or, you know, a BSN-prepared nurse or a PhD. Um, But that program does um, prepare you um, to do research and also to take on leadership roles.
0: Very cool. What kind of, so are you finished with your dissertation now? You still working on it?
1: Yes. At this point, um, I actually just did my dissertation defense um, in November, right before Thanksgiving. Um, And that is where you propose what you want to do. So you you basically write up your proposal and it's basically like the first three chapters of your dissertation. So you basically talk about what it is that you're wanting to study, why it's important, because if you want to get funding for your study and if you want to get published, it has to to be important. You can't be studying something that's not going to make a difference. Um, And and anything can really make a difference difference it just really depends on how you tell the story right in, in your writing you know what i mean yeah you just have to make people understand why it's important um so i put that together and then you have to give a, a presentation at every school it's a little different how they do things um but where i'm at um you write your first three chapters and then you present to your dissertation committee um and they kind of challenge you it's a little intimidating but I, you could You shouldn't be, but it is a little, you can't help but be intimidated. How many pages
0: is your three chapters?
1: For me, it wasn't that long, only because there wasn't, it depends on how much literature is already written on your subject. So for me, there is a lot of literature, but not in certain areas that I'm looking at.
0: Can I ask what your your subject is?
1: Yeah, so my background is mostly working with children with special health care needs. Yep. So uh, what I'm looking at specifically is their transition from pediatric care to adult care. Oh. Um, one of the things that you find is that, um, well, let me give you a little background. Sure. About 90% of children with special health care needs live into adulthood now, whereas they didn't before. Mm-hmm. And that's you know because of a number of reasons. We've got a lot of me- medical technology um, advancements a lot of improvement in the way that we care for these children. So a lot of them are actually surviving into adulthood, which is great. But now we have adult providers who um, never really used to see people with these conditions. You know what I mean? Like a tetralogy of Fallot or cystic fibrosis or sickle cell. So now we're looking at, well, a lot of these kids stay with their pediatric doctors, which is okay because they know how to treat their um, and yeah, I'm diseases. sure a new
0: doctor taking over a, a, a medical file on a child is probably like a dictionary of information. <laughs> right,
1: right. So it's like, okay, but the pe- the pediatric doctor can still see them. But then you have to kind of start looking at, well, is this appropriate? Because as they get older, they're going to face some adult issues too, which right. the kids doctor is not going to really... Um, may not be able to address, right. whereas the adult doctor may not be able to address the childhood condition that that they have. So it's kind of like, okay, well, what do we do with these children? Sometimes they're not able to find an adult provider because they can't find someone who, you know, can take on their case. So mm. they end up staying with their peds doctor into their 20s, um, you know, later 20s and stuff like that, which right. um, I guess is okay if it's okay for... If they're okay with that, you know what I mean? But like you said,
0: eventually someone's going to have to take over. Right, exactly, exactly.
1: So I'm just looking at that. And it's not only just about transitioning from the doctor as well. It's looking at how these these youth take care of themselves as they get older. Because at first, you know, it's like when you have your, your kid, you take care of them. But eventually they start taking care of themselves. But what about when they're diabetic and they have to be giving themselves insulin shots or they have to take their medications or they have to make their own doctor's appointments? And, you know, so it's kind of like following them and seeing how they transition from being a child into a youth and into a young
0: adult. Wow. I've never thought about that. And I just, something just popped in my head, just like, a, I don't know, a female that had a childhood disease and then she, you know becomes an adult and she gets pregnant now you have to have yes you know all these different specialties come in that right they have to like work together and so that's a very
1: good example because um one of my committee members she mentioned that at one point she had uh she was young in her 20s she had a baby but she had a cardiac issue uh from a congenital cardiac issue and it's like okay so when she had the baby she's in the hospital she's on the pediatric you know, ICU floor, you know, getting taken care of because, you know, she can't be on like a regular, uh, you know, mother baby unit, you know? So
0: So interesting. So in your um, dissertation, do you propose like what you think would be best or are you just like strictly research? Here's the numbers.
1: Um, in terms of what I think will be best for like my research approach or like you
0: write like, uh, like, do you put your opinion into it as you think it would be best if, you know, the pediatrician works with,
1: okay. or do
0: you, you know what I mean? Do you put your, yeah. your, uh, I guess it would be your, um, oh God, now I'm trying to think of research. No, no, I, I <laughs> see what you're trying to say. So when you're
1: doing research, you want to try to remove like any preconceived notions or opinions that you have, Mm -hmm. um, because you don't want that to influence it. You don't want, you want you want your research to be as bias free as possible, which is hard because we're people with a lot of opinions. (laughs) I know, I think that there are certain things that should be done. um, And then, you know, sometimes you might implement something and then it doesn't work out right Why? because that was just your opinion you know you really kind of need to go off of data in fact so what you try to do is um in your, your hypothesis
0: study- that's what i was thinking oh, okay <laughs> that's okay. the word i was thinking of your Hypothes- hypothesis
1: <laughs> so in 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 with the kind of research that i'm doing right now is qualitative okay. so it's not so much numbers I Um, I probably will do some quantitative later or mixed methods, but this particular study is qualitative. So I don't necessarily have a hypothesis. What I'm looking at, specifically what I'm doing, is phenomenology, which is where you look at the lived experience of a population. So I don't necessarily have a hypothesis, but I have like aims. So basically, what I'm aiming to do is um, kind of like uncover how this population lives and how their caregivers live and how, you know, what this experience
0: is like for them. Right. Got you. Got you. Okay.
1: But still, even with that, I don't want to put in any of my opinions or anything like that in your writing at the end where you have like a discussion, you could kind of weave some of those in there. But throughout the results and the data analysis and stuff like that, you want to be, you know, as factual
0: as possible. Wow. All right. So you've been, how long has it taken you to write those three
1: chapters? (laughs) So before you have to write those three chapters, we have to do what we, some people call comps, we call it candidacy. So those are four papers that you have to write. And they're about 20 to 30 pages long each. Oh my goodness. So between that and those three chapters, because those three chapters, you basically kind of pull from those four papers that you did. So between the four uh, papers that I had to do and those three chapters, it probably took me about two years. Wow. And I know it might seem like two years to, to write four papers and three chapters, but it's, it's, you're reading, you have to read as much literature as possible. So you're yeah. reading like hundreds of papers of what people have written before you right. Right, to try to pull together what the study is, because you don't want to do something that's already been done. Um, you've got to find something that you're interested in and kind of tweak it to find like what we call a gap, something Mm -hmm. that hasn't really been talked about before in the literature. So you kind of, you got to read everything and not everything, but as much as you can, because it's impossible to read everything that's ever written, but as much as you can. Um, so, and then between that and working and family life, like it it, it, it's a while.
0: (laughs) What do you think on average, it takes someone to get their PhD?
1: On average, it's anywhere between about five and seven years. Wow. I know some people that have done it in a shorter period of time, and then there's like people- you said, it
0: depends on your family life and your personal yeah working. Well, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a long time. Yeah. That's okay. But you're working as a nurse practitioner right now, correct?
1: I was up until April, so I worked. At, I graduated with the master's in 2017. And then I started working as a, a nurse practitioner shortly thereafter at a family practice. But right now, um, I'm focused more on
0: finishing. Right. So, you don't want to be the five to seven years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, this is going to be what? My sixth? Because I started in 2014. I mean, I'm a little unique because of the BSN to, to PhD portion. So yeah. some of that I was working on my master's, but still, you. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on this. The, what is this?
0: This is the sixth year. Yeah so wow. so yeah you're right up there then <laughs> but like, yeah but right, right now working in every the next step you've always kind of trickled into have kind of finished some coursework prior so you're kind of ahead of the game in some aspects mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah wow good for you that is a busy you've had a busy 10 years
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> and you've literally start you've started from like level one and yeah. work your way up every single level. That's, I don't think many people can say they've done that. Start as an LPN, get your associates, your bachelors, your masters.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it was the scenic route, but I mean, yeah, it works. it's good. Cause I get to, I, I have an understanding how all nurses at different levels, you know, kind of yeah. work. And then You're I have a respect well for it. Yeah. I got a respect for it because it's like, I was an LPN, you know? Yeah. So yeah.
0: And LPNs have struggles, you know, just like any other um, associates, LPN, your Mm -hmm. bachelors, we all have our own little niches that. Exactly. Yeah. So what would be uh, your advice on a nursing student who's thinking about getting her PhD? Is there skills, like for me, I would like to think I could do it, but I am a horrible writer. And I, I personally don't think I would enjoy getting my PhD. I would love to get my master's, but would you say if you struggle with writing is, do you have plenty of resources available to help you? Um, yeah. Like what would your, what would your recommendation be? Your, your, um,
1: like well, if somebody wanted to go to, um, to get their PhD in nursing.
0: Yeah. Cause I feel like I don't, you don't really hear many people that have a PhD in nursing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the enrollment for PhDs in nursing actually went down. Like the year that I started, it went down, it was going up and then it went down. So we're not really sure what happened there, but my advice would be, and if you're not a strong writer, I would say, so what? Um, Not everybody's going to be like a great writer. I, I don't want to, I'm not going to toot my own horn or anything like that. I happened that I went to an elementary school and a middle school that was a magnet coding for humanities and writing. So oh, wow. I was fortunate enough to, to go to schools where we actually like wrote every single day. We did journals in the morning. We had to do journals for homework on the weekends and stuff like that. So we did a lot of creative writing, not scientific, but creative writing. And that really helped me be able to like, when I write my papers, you know, to have my grammar correctly, to make the paper flow smoothly and, and you know, those things that you learn yeah, when you're in school, how you got to have your beginning, your end, and stuff like that. I'm really strong in that. But if you're not, I would say, so what? Um, usually schools will have like a writing center mm-hmm. that you can go to. And I don't think a lot of people utilize it, whether they know that it's available to them or not, I don't know, but you can always go to the writing center. That girl um, was my
0: best friend in nursing
1: school. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I see on your page too. You have a um, uh, a, a, a think you can submit your papers and edit. Yes,
1: good? I do offer a proofreading um service yeah. as well. So um, you can always go over to the dot com. My website's a little bit under construction. There's certain thing, certain things I need to you know take down and update. But you can always head over there. Um, to schedule or even shoot me an email at the nursingphdgmail.com uh, and I'd be more than happy to take a look at a paper. Um, you know, there is a, a nominal fee for that, but I'll look it over and make my recommendations and things like that. Um, yeah. I also do offer assistance with writing um, your professional statement um coming up with your resume or your cv a lot of people don't really know what the cv is i just learned about the cv when i got into the phd program yeah so so the cv it's a curriculum vitae or vitae i'm not really sure how you pronounce it it's some latin word (laughs) and basically the cv is more geared toward like academia so you're kind of listing you're going to list your clinical experience too but you're also going to be listing like uh, the courses that you've taken, um, any speaking engagements that you've done, any presentations that you've done, um, you know, things like that. Papers that you've written and published. Um, so it's a little different from the like a portfolio in a way. Yes, exactly. Oh, I see. exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh. So when you get your PhD after your dissertation, um, you were saying you can do, you can teach or you can go into research or, Mm -hmm. oh, you also mentioned like getting into politics, right? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, can you work as a nurse with your PhD? You can,
1: if you um, maintain your license, whether that be your RN license or your NP license or DNP, whatever it is that you have, as long as you maintain it, um, then yeah, you can. I have a a couple of uh, professors that actually um, do like every other weekend or something like that yeah. at the hospital and that helps keep them up to date so that when they're right.
0: teaching
1: you know they're they're up to date with what's going on, so, going on. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I feel like I would m- miss the clinical aspects of nursing if I went into politics or research I feel like I want to still be per diem someplace
1: yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it's a good idea. Some people go, go um, like if they've had enough of bedside nursing, um, you know, some people will, will just stop and just do teaching or, or yeah. research or whatever it is. But a lot of people still moonlight every
0: now and again. So what's your goal? What do you want to do after you um, finish? And so you finished, you presented your three chapters. You have to wait to be uh, approved or passed.
1: Right so I got I did pass the proposal so now at this point I need to submit a package to the IRB that's the Institutional Review Board. So whenever you're doing a study um it has to be approved. You can't just start like asking people questions or experimenting or anything like that. It has to <laughs> be approved. <laughs> right yeah, it has to be approved by the institution. They have to put their stamp that they're okay with you doing this study. Um And you also need to find your subjects and get approval from wherever you're recruiting them from. So if you're recruiting them from a doctor's office or wherever, you have to get approval from them to say it's okay. Um, So once I've gotten all of that together, I will submit that package to the IRB. They have to approve it, um, and then I can start getting my data. Um, Once I've gotten my data, um, then from there, I just got to write up my analysis. and um <laughs> and then present my final defense okay. um and once that gets approved then then that's it hopefully i can graduate in 2020 <laughs> yeah
0: you have a busy few months ahead of you
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: do you get this if this is all research-based do you get paid for any of this right now
1: i don't um okay. And one thing um, I do, you know, at this time I am accepting like um, students, whether it be any level for mentorship, if I was to coach a PhD student coming in, uh, which I'd be glad to do, I would definitely tell them to do their research before they apply to a program. And not that I regret the program that I'm in right now, I love it, but um, you should definitely find a program that's going to fund you because it gets expensive. Um, There were times when I had to cut back from working because I, you know, had to study, I had to do this or that. Yeah. Um, So you really want to find a program that can fund you. Um, You want to start applying for scholarships. Um, You got to really come up with ways to, to keep yourself financially afloat Mm -hmm. because eventually it gets to be too much if you're trying to work and do that. So no, I don't get paid. I do apply to a lot of scholarships um, that come through, through schools or maybe honor societies that I'm a part of. Um, But no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I bet that is so, I I mean, I just remember nursing school writing 10 page papers (laughs) and I was MIA for weeks. Yeah. Imagine writing a dissertation doing years of studying. That's, that's impressive. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So after you finish, after you graduate, what's your plan? What's your goal?
1: So my plan currently, and you know, these things change from time to time, but currently my plan is to go into academia. Um, I don't know if I want to be on a tenure track, um, you know, where you basically like for about I don't know if it's five or seven years. I don't know how long it is, but you're kind of like doing a lot of research publishing. You're also teaching and things like that. And you're promoted to being a full professor. Or if I just want to be like a clinical professor where, um, you know, I do lectures and things like that. But I definitely do want to be in academia at some level. I do want to continue doing research. I don't know if I would make a career of it. Um, But I do still, because it's the work is needed, you know what I mean? And I do love working with the special needs population. And I know that there's a lot of work, um, that, that needs to be done for them and a lot of improvements that need to be made. Um, but I don't know that I would want to research full-time, but definitely I do want to have, uh, I do want to participate in that. Um, I've also would like to, as we were talking about before, to maintain my clinical skills. Yeah. So you know, I I do want to work as a as a family nurse practitioner. I love um, preventative medicine. So I like you know talking to patients about how to prevent you know getting chronic illnesses, or if they already do have a chronic illness, um, you know how they can maintain it and mm. you know keep themselves out of the hospital. And on the business side of things, personally. Um, I I want to continue growing the nursing PhD um, and just coming up with new content and things to help um, support nurses in any aspect of their life, as I mentioned, professionally, academically or personally, because those three things are really important. And I feel like if one is out of whack, it's like everything is out of whack. So just kind of like like your mom, like your, yeah, Yeah. find that balance. Yeah.
0: So when you teach, are you teaching nursing are you teaching other phds are you do- teaching research what are you what are you teaching
1: you mean currently or what, when what you graduate
0: into- when you get into academia
1: like yeah you can do anything it really just depends on uh what you want to do and the university you're at and what area is needed um okay. you can teach undergrad for sure yep. um there's, there's someone on my committee right now um she teaches undergrad. A couple of others, they teach gr- the graduate students. I mean, you can teach in a- any aspect of nursing that you want to. Um, and I think you kind of just lean into uh, your experiences and what you're really good at and what you can bring to the table.
0: Yeah. It's just a whole world that I've, like, I think we had one PhD professor at nursing school. They're, they're just kind of rare. You don't, really, you don't really see them much. Mm-mm. Maybe it's because they're like, you know, doing more of the research side of things right but um I think this was a really like good episode I think people will be will like to listen to this because it's a part of nursing I don't think many people know about
1: yeah I, I did think
0: that's part of the reason why many people don't go into it is because we don't know about it mm-hmm. you know? I don't think there might I don't I'd have to do research about in my state what schools even offer Ph.D. level yeah no we have nurse practitioner schools we have a a handful of them because we have like we have a bunch of schools that do like your BSN and your associate's degree Mm -hmm. and then we have you know a handful that will do your masters and I don't know who does your Ph.D. so I think just getting the word out I think more people would be interested in it
1: I know maybe that's something I could look into nursing
0: isn't for everybody you know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that go into bedside nursing and two, three years later, they're burnt out and they just, they don't like it. They don't
1: it want to anymore. do it anymore. <laughs> right.
0: And instead of, you know, losing your license and going onto something completely different, there's so many different avenues. And then some of them we just don't know about. You just I know, don't know about it. Yeah. I know a guy that I work with right now. Um, he's an awesome nurse. But um, he just got a job in informatics, which is kind of cool. It's kind of an area of nursing as well that people Yeah,
1: health informatics. They have that program at my, at my school that I go to. And I was like, what is that? And was <laughs> yeah, like,
0: <laughs> exactly. He's all into it. He's like, can't wait to, you know, make our charting better. And um, just, I don't know. I was like, okay, I guess I never really thought about that. I don't think it's my thing, but he's all excited about it. So go for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause the thing is um, in the nursing structure, like sometimes, like you mentioned charting and I don't know what the companies do when they create charts, but it's like, it would be nice to have like a nurse you know, they're like helping them do the yeah, design. And we don't and,
0: all sit there. And we're like, if a nurse made this, then it wouldn't be yeah,
1: difficult. <laughs> exactly. So it's yeah. like, we need nurses in every aspect of what we do, not just bedside, but we need nurses that create the things that we use and, you know, things like that. So yeah, health informatics, definitely. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, Is there anything you want to add at the end here? Um, you have, you can be found on Instagram at, uh, the nursing PhD and there's a link in your bio, um, to your website, right? Yes. Yes.
1: Um, you can also follow me. Uh, Instagram is where I do uh, most of my stuff, but you can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn at that same handle. uh The okay. nursing
0: PhD. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, I know you're a very busy person. Um (laughs) enjoy your holidays and get get back to writing that dissertation. And man, you are an inspiring person.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. This is actually my first podcast. So
0: yeah. (laughs) So thank
1: you so much for being interested in you know what I have to say.
0: I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Uh, please make sure you listen, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. That would be super helpful. Share with all your friends. Nursing students, share with all your nursing student friends. Nurses, tell all your nurses' friends about it. Um, I have an awesome lineup the next couple weeks coming up. Um, So please stay tuned. Thank you guys very much.